So um, let's look at the screen together. Um, each week we've kind of started off the message the same way, and that's reading out loud. We don't do this very often. Um, in fact, I, I, I can hardly think of times that we've done this. But uh, each week we're reading the Lord's Prayer together out loud, and we do it because uh, when the disciples asked how to pray and Jesus instructed them, this is how he said to pray. And he said, when you pray, pray this way, and then it's our Father. So it's a, this is a corporate prayer that God gave us. Otherwise, it'd be, pray this way, my Father. But he didn't. It's like, hey, there's power when we pray together. So let's look at this screen, and let's read from Matthew uh, chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And let's read out loud. Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. The name Yahweh the Old Testament Hebrew name of the Lord means I am who I am or I will be who I will be. There are essentially two things in a name. Two things. Identity and reputation. His name, the name of God is all that is true of God. For God's name is what and who He is. The Father's name is already holy. He Himself is holy. But in this perfect prayer given to us from Jesus, we are praying that the holiness of God's name will be demonstrated in our own lives. We're not praying that His name will become holy. His name is holy. We're not praying that God will become holy. God is holy. What we're praying is that because of our lives, that God's name will be glorified. That His holiness, that His worthiness, that His power will be demonstrated by us. Whether or not those around us agree, whether or not those around us bow to the name of Jesus or acknowledge the name of Jesus, that doesn't change our prayer. We are praying, Lord, I want your name to be hallowed. I want your name to be honored, to be made holy. The first petition of the Lord's Prayer, therefore, is a call to worship. To worship God for being exactly who He is. The Lord's Prayer contains seven requests to God. In, in traditional church lingo, um, you might have heard these known as uh, the, the seven petitions, but they're appeals, they're prayers, they're petitions that we, in praying this prayer, this is what we're asking. In the first petition, we who are praying are asking that God's name would be hallowed or made holy. Ezekiel 36.22 says this, 
Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. You guys, God is faithful first and foremost to His own holy name. He is faithful to His name. His name, His character, His integrity. It's not just a name. I'm Mark. That's Kara. This is Cadence. It's not just the name. When we're talking about the name of God, it is the essence of who He is. Yes, it's identifying who He is, but more than that, it is His reputation. It is His name. God is faithful to His name. When we talk about God being true, and we talk about God being faithful, it's because He has a name to uphold. He has a reputation to uphold. He loves us. He's faithful. I, I say it all the time. This is my wife right here, Kara. And when it comes to faithfulness to one another, 99% of the time doesn't cut it. 100% of the time cuts it. Amen. That's faithful. God is no less faithful. God is faithful 100% of the time. And He is true to who He is. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is pleading with us. He's pleading with you and I that we keep the name of God holy and that we actually ask the Father to help us with this. More than asking us for God's help in glorifying His name, Jesus is asking us to be careful and thoughtful in keeping His Father's name holy just as He was. Jesus is asking us to keep the name of the Father holy just as Jesus kept the name of the Father holy. When we pray, the natural tendency is for us to get straight to what? Straight to our needs. Straight to our wants. That, that's natural, guys. That's our natural tendency. What Jesus is saying in this prayer is, I just want to change your nature. I want to change your nature. I want to change what your natural tendency is because I don't want that to be your natural tendency to jump right in to your needs. I want your natural tendency to be to honor the Father. Our Father who is in heaven. Not like our earthly dads. Our Father, who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus is teaching us to pray according to His nature. Let's just keep that in mind. It's okay to come to the Lord with our agenda. He wants us to. But if we're going to pray in confidence and in boldness, we have to know we're praying according to His will. The Lord's Prayer is given to teach us to seek God's face first and foremost and not His hand. To seek His face, His love, His heart, and, and not His hand, His provision, what He can do for us. Even yesterday I was reminded by Melody that, that when we, the, the Lord's hand is associated with His gifts. 
And there's nothing wrong, once again, for seeking the gifts of the Lord. But we seek His heart first. Seeking His face honors the personhood of God. It honors His character. It honors His heart. And it honors His agenda. Do we really think about the fact that God has an agenda? When we pray, God has an agenda. Oftentimes we don't give thought to that. But Jesus knows this. And He has given us the greatest prayer ever conceived. And it protects the throne of grace from abuse by us using prayer only as a means to get what we want. Is this working? Am I on? Are we hearing this? Okay, it's, it's a little too quiet. Knock, knock. I don't have a joke. I'm just kidding. Acacia sat up here and talked a lot about God having a purpose. God having a purpose. He's got a purpose for each one of us. But He also has a purpose for His kingdom. He's got a purpose for His name. He's got a purpose for His glory. God always has purpose. Praying God's will. This series is about praying God's will. You guys, when we know what the will of God is and we pray it, we can do so with such confidence, such boldness, and we can do so in the fullness of the authority of the name of God. Maybe it's best to kind of phrase it this way. When we're talking about the Lord's Prayer, let's divide it into two halves. God's prayer list and then our prayer list. God's prayer list and ours. And guess what, church? God gets to set the agenda in both. If we're going to pray God's will, He gets to set the agenda in both of these things. Does God really have a prayer list? Yes. Yes, He does. Jesus makes it clear in this prayer. And the first thing that we've got to do is put His prayer list first. Jesus has three requests in the Lord's Prayer. Three things on His prayer list that He wants us to pray before we get to our agenda. Jesus says that we should pray for God's name to be hallowed, for God's kingdom to come, and then for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those are Jesus' prayer requests. As we come in prayer, He's like, pray this way. Pray that the Father be hallowed. Pray that the Father be honored. Pray that the Father's name be glorified. Pray that our lives just emanate the love of God so that He is honored. Pray that. And then pray that His kingdom come. And pray that His will be done on earth just as His will is done in heaven. You guys, the Lord's Prayer gives us an invitation to pause and to worship and to set our minds on the goodness of God. This is a good God we're praying to. And to acknowledge God. We're so busy. I know we're busy. I'm so stinking busy. Even on my days off, I'm busy. Yesterday was an awesome day. I had an incredible day with family and friends and nature. But it was busy from start to finish. Even my days off are busy. 
But this is an invitation to pause in the presence of God and remember who He is so that then in confidence we can present our needs to the Lord. God wants what is best for us. And what is best for us is that we learn to focus on God Himself before we focus on our own needs. Do you think it might benefit us to know what God thinks? Do you think it might benefit us to know what God's heart is? Do you think it would be a beneficial thing that we know what God thinks about us and what He wants us to pray before we pray? I love the thoughtfulness of Jesus. I love the thoughtfulness of Jesus in giving this prayer. He didn't wing it. Jesus didn't wing it. Uh, Lord Jesus, how should we pray? Um, pray this way. Our Father. I mean, he didn't, he didn't wing it. He's like, pray this way. And every word was thoughtful. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. I'm going to read that in just a moment, and then we're going to camp. We're going to kind of, after we read that, keep verse 16 up for me. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet. He's without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What do we receive when we draw into the presence of God? Mercy. Mercy. Guys, this isn't just for for the lost or the hurt. This is for... He's talking to Christians. We receive mercy and grace in our times of need. When we come into the presence of God with this hallowed heart and this hallowed expression, giving honor to a holy God, we receive mercy. Talk about benefiting us. We receive mercy. We receive grace. I spoke with a pastor this week, and, and you know, he was vulnerable, and we were both vulnerable. He was vulnerable with, enough with me, and he was telling me about a difficult situation. And he told me, he's like, yeah, I'm glad the Lord didn't hear me because I prayed that the Lord would take her home. For years, I'm like, Lord, just take her home. That woman is of no value, Lord God. <laughs> take her home. And I'm not saying the pastor's name because when we get together, we, we vent like this. And then we remember how good Jesus is. And I prayed it too. Lord, take that sucker home. That sucker standing in the way of you and your kingdom. That's not praying the will of God. That's not praying the heart of God. And some of you have prayed it too. I know you have. We have to align with God's character when we pray. We have to align with the name of God when we pray. The character of God. The integrity of God. If we want to pray God's will, we've got to align ourselves with His character when we ask the Lord what we're asking Him for. Verse 16 again. 
let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. What an amazing thing that when we come into His presence, we receive mercy. When we look at our prayer list, when we look at those things that are, are really important that we bring to the Lord, it's a powerful thought if we'll realize that we get to present those things to the Lord having already received from Him mercy. Not because we looked for His hand, but because that's the result of His face. He just pours mercy upon us before we've asked for a single thing as we're worshiping Him. You guys, you notice how like just patiently we just worship the Lord, right? Like we celebrate, we're loud, we stomp, we clap. And then there comes this point where there's just like this holiness that, that kind of takes over our worship when we're just honoring God. And we get to do so just with an intimacy. And if, if someone's emotional, they get to do so with their emotions. If someone's not emotional, I mean, it's this. what's a great example? So we got Kara right here who's emotional. So she worships the Lord with emotions. And then we got Brian back here who's not really that emotional. And Brian... So Brian doesn't fake anything. Brian just gets up there and worships the Lord as he is. And Kara worships the Lord as she is. We all get to worship the Lord as we are. With, with sincerity, but not doing something for someone else's benefit. Brian doesn't care if you don't think he's emotional. And I don't care if you think Brian's... Because Brian's not emotional. But he's up there worshiping the Lord with everything that's within him. And someone who's like super emotional, like his wife... She's worshiping the Lord with the fullness of her emotions. And we get, to, we get to receive the Lord's mercy. Yeah, I'm talking about you, buddy. Let's look at Luke 18, verse 10. Jesus is talking. And he says, Two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee. One was a religious leader. Very, very proud of himself. And the other, a tax collector. Both went to the temple to pray. That's the context of what Jesus is talking about. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Lord, I thank you that I'm not like pastors who pray that other men would die. Lord, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. The tax collector had humility and a humble heart, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beats his breast saying, God, give me mercy. Be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the Pharisee, rather than the other one. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So we're told in this passage to, to want mercy, to ask for mercy when we pray. All of us. All of us. Church, you and I 
never outgrow the need for mercy. Ever. Ever. I don't care what place we've walked to and, and where we just rest in the Lord, we never outgrow the need for His mercy. And friends, we are to focus on God and His character before anything else. Remember this. Jesus was eternally faithful to the Father. Jesus was the epitome of faithful to His Father. Before He was faithful to us, and He is faithful to us, but before He was faithful to us, He was always faithful to the Father. He honored the Father. John 5.19 says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. Jesus always honored the Father. The priority of the Son was always this, the Father's name. The Father's nature, the Father's character, the Father's integrity, that that would be known. And it drove everything that Jesus did. And here's what's cool. Because Jesus only did what the Father told Him to do, Jesus only demonstrated the Father. He only demonstrated the Father's heart and His good name. All that Jesus ever did was with the Father's name in mind. John 5, 43. We're going to go John 5, 43, and then we're going to go John 4, 34. So John 5, 43, I have come in my Father's name, and you did not receive me. If another comes in my name, or in his own name, you will receive him. And then now John 4, 34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to accomplish his work. Everything Jesus did was with the Father's name in mind in obedience to the Father. Jesus saying, I want nothing else except that the Father be glorified. And shouldn't we desire this as well? Why? Let's look at the very next verse. Verse 35. Do not say, do you not say that there are yet four months then the harvest comes? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. You guys, there is a full, rich harvest field of people that need to know that God is honorable and good and holy and He's not mean and He's not wicked and He doesn't cause earthquakes and He doesn't take the lives of three-year-old daughters as Acacia told that, that voodoo doctor. You guys, God, although He's holy, He doesn't always get His way. He doesn't. He doesn't get His way every day. Every one of our days, He's not bound by our 24 hours. Every one of our days comes and goes without God getting His way. Because the Bible says He desires that not one would perish. Not one would die. See, sometimes we say things and we, we mean well. Like something bad happens, we go hey, it's all part of God's plan. That's bull and quit saying that. If we say that, quit saying that. That is not part of God's plan. 
God is good and only good. But the bottom line is, we're in a sinful world and crummy things happen. And evil things happen. And sinful things happen. Now God is there to comfort and to heal and to guide. And the Bible says He will turn all things for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. But guys, crummy things happen all the time and they're not, and, and they're not God's plan. But in the midst of it, we get to see God's purpose. There's a harvest field of people for us to point to Jesus. I get the honor of being one of the elders on this staff. And I get to stand up here and I get to point you to Jesus. It's an honor. Friends, it's no less an honor for us to see that there's a harvest field that needs us to point people to Jesus and to shepherd them, if you will. To shepherd them. You guys, let's learn to respect the Father's name. Let's pray that you and I will have a deep conviction and a jealousy with regard to the name of the Lord that we so desire that His name be kept holy. It's okay to be angered when the name of Jesus is used as a punchline. The Bible says be angry and sin not. That's where it takes wisdom and that's where you've got to know the Father's heart. Because I get angry and want to pop someone in the nose. It's just, you know, it's been weeks since I've popped someone in the nose. We should be jealous of His name. Let's pray that we are grieved when the name of God is desecrated. You guys, we we honor our Father's name by our loyalty. We see Jesus' loyalty to the Father and all that He did. You guys, we honor the Father's name by our loyalty to His name. By our trust in Him by us running to Him and receiving His mercy and walking our lives in grace and showing His grace to others. Jesus pleaded, keep my Father's name holy. Pray this way, our Father who is in heaven. Keep my Father's name holy. You want to know how to pray, friends? Jesus is saying, keep my Father's name holy. Look at my life. Look at, this is Jesus. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. Look at my life. Look at everything I did. I did nothing for myself. And I did nothing of myself, but only to glorify my Father. So you want to know how to pray? Those of you who follow me, pray this way. Keep the Father's name holy. Jesus was unflinchingly loyal to the Father. And when we pray, hallowed be your name, it's a pledge to be accountable to that name just as Jesus was. When we pray, hallowed be your name, it's a pledge to be accountable to the character of God. I'll close with this. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God 
has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. The Father gave Jesus the name that's above all names. And that's why in this church, we lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus honored the Father, and the Father in turn said, I honor you with the character above all characters. The virtue of all virtues. The name above all names. In your life. In my life. Let's let our words, but more importantly than our words, let's let our lives proclaim that our Father in heaven is holy and that Jesus perfectly represented the Father and that the Holy Spirit brilliantly brilliant someone help me out brilliantly say it again brilliant that is brutal that I can't say brilliantly the Holy Spirit wonderfully guides us into the truth guides us into the truth of Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit guides us into the truth of a loving Father demonstrated by that Son. Let's pray.